Hello, well, it's a bit of a grey, murky day out there today. I would not be surprised if there isn't a thunderstorm at some point tonight. It's been quite humid. And uh, just another unusual day in an unusual year with the coronavirus and summer upon us. Um, I mean, it's not so bad, you know, when it's sort of cold outside. Um, but, you know, when it's nice and warm and you think... Mm, I would love to be, you know, up in Scotland at this point. And, you know, at the moment it is possible and I am actually looking at whether it's going to be possible to have a bit of a a week away somewhere. But I think it's going to be a case of playing it by year, see what goes on over August and uh, then make a decision and then maybe towards the end of September maybe something like that I don't know we'll have to see but I don't think it will be horrendously far might be Scotland might not we'll have to have a look so July has been for me quite you know it's been quite busy actually um I yeah, I started off uh, July doing uh, building a website for a client family history archive website, which has been really interesting, been an interesting build. I always enjoy putting websites together. I mean, they're communication tools, you know, they're, you know, they're very similar to, you know, photography photography is a communication skill and i think you know if you're a photographer or a video um maker or content creator or whatever they like to call themselves these days or you know you you do have a podcast or whether you're an actor or whatever it is i think if you if you've got a website which is your channel i think that's absolutely great um and I think the more that you know about putting together a website, if you're one of these people, um, it gives you a lot more control about how you show your work. It's not just a case of just bunging it on a site or bunging it on Facebook or putting it on YouTube. It's about putting all of these things together and creating something, a channel which is all your own. You control it and you can put out what you want. And that's what I really love about websites. It's not about geekery or being a nerd or anything like that, I don't think, because it's all about communication. Um, I think, you know, if you say, oh, well, you know, um, he's a nerd for building a website, um, building a website, um, I think, you know, you could probably make the same, well, you know, he's a nerd because he's a photographer. Uh, it's, it's all about communicating and getting your message out there, which is essential if you're a photographer or a filmmaker or... Um, you know, content creator or whatever it is. You've got to get your message out there. And um, we don't know where these social media platforms are going to be in a few years. It's great. Maybe not so much sort of like YouTube and things. And I mean, even Facebook is on, you know, fairly solid ground. But people thought that about MySpace, didn't they? So it'd be interesting to see how social media platforms go in a few years um it doesn't take much things can change quite rapidly to to wreck things and uh i think it's a lot better if you 
Control your own destiny, as one of my old business mentors used to say. Control your own destiny, which is absolutely true. So great time building that website for the client, which is just about ready. There's one or two tweaks going on at the moment, just improving things and getting rid of just a few refinements. Uh, and I'll put a news post on about that soon when everything's just about fine and dandy. Um, and there's going to be a couple of posts go onto my website as well. I'll be talking about... I do have one that I want to talk about, which is the new block editor in WordPress, because I did a review of Gutenberg a couple of years ago, and I just sort of want to do a follow-on about that, because Gutenberg is um, really coming into its own now. The block editor in WordPress is really coming into its own. It's It's... it's Totally in a different place to what it was when I first started using it a couple of years ago. Uh, so there's there's going to be that that I think I'll talk about. And then there's going to be another landscape post where I talk about one of my favourite landscape images as well. So there's one or two things coming there. Other than that, not really very much going on with the website in the way of sort of improvements. It's sort of, again, a bit more sort of tweakery and refinery really rather than anything else um the other thing that i wanted to talk about is photography books uh i mentioned in previous podcasts that i want to try and get edinburgh seven hills out or the potential to get edinburgh uh, seven hills out uh within the next couple of months that's still on at the moment if i can i'm aiming for september or october depending on how things go Again, it greatly depends on how the coronavirus business carries on. Um, if things, I think things are starting to get a little bit tighter with money. There isn't as much money about because, of course, people are losing their jobs, which means, you know, that trickle effect, getting them paying to get things done uh, isn't there. But I've got enough... Um, there's enough space. I'm remote enough to be able to do most things like build websites and copy images and repair images and things without any meeting involved i can just post them off at the post office and no one has to meet up there's no biological contamination involved so you know it's it's a difficult situation and it's one of those you've just got to play from day to day just see what's happening and then just uh, make decisions based on the make informed decisions on what's going on so hopefully like i say that book will seven hills will be out october which would free me up and that would mean that i'd be able to get two towns out of the way for christmas which would be great because that would be the fifth anniversary of me taking those images and that trip, which, you know, um, has a lot of special memories for me. I mean, it was basically the last... We did have another holiday with my mother um, in September of 2016. But that was after she got a cancer diagnosis. And we knew that, you know, she wasn't going to be with us very long. The, the one in 2015 was where we were still oblivious all of this it was still a normal family unit we went up there we all had fun everybody in the family it was very memorable really great 
and I took some great photos with an iPhone. So I just want to celebrate that and get those images out there and just use those images for something really good, like a photography book. Um, and then I can next year I can get on with a couple of books that I really do want to get out as well, which is uh, a book full of images from Scotland, which going back to 2012, so sort of bringing a whole lot of images that I've taken over the years there together, colour images, and then another one that I want to try and do is the Norfolk Project, which would be great to be able to do as well. So, um, and then I've also got, you know, like a photo zine for the Territorial Army one, which wants to come out next year as well, because that'll be a 25th anniversary, and it's an important project for me. I've been putting them on Instagram recently, just uh, a, a way of, because I'm not actually shooting many images for Instagram at the moment because I'm not going anywhere. I just thought I would sort of like go back and have a look at a few old pictures that I'd taken for previous projects. And the Territorial Army one was a classic because I'm, I'm really proud of the work that I did there. It worked. It just came together quite nicely. And I like to put those images into a photo zine or potentially a photo book. I've got to have a think about that. I really have. That's something I've got to have a think about. But anyway, that's for next year. If I can get the two books out this year, I'll be really pleased, especially uh, with the Edinburgh Seven Hills, because that would mean that if I release that book in October, it means really it was only delayed for two or three months, which I don't think is too bad in this coronavirus uh, environment. Okay. So, just the other thing I think I'll mention at the moment is, um, and this is actually to do with the photo books in a way, I decided recently to swap over from using an iPhone to Android, um, using Android phones, which is a bit of a big decision because I've had an iPhone now for... 10 years, various iPhones for, for 10 years, being an iPhone user. So I don't make the change lightly, but I don't know. I, it just came to a point where I thought, well, I don't mind paying extra money if the technological leaps between them and a competitor are quite big, the, the gap. But I don't see that at the moment. When I bought my phone in 2010, Really, there wasn't anything else that was anywhere near that sort of like level. Um, now, I think you've got a lot more choice and you've got a lot more choice about voting with your wallet, really. And that's really what it is for me. I've seen a lot of people, a lot of other photographers on Twitter make the same decision. They've been big iPhone fans, but have just come to the conclusion that they can get value for money by going over to Android. And uh, that's a decision I've made. So it'll be interesting to see how it goes. So far, I've been impressed with, you know, the photographic capabilities of the phone and the software. And there's plenty of apps out there that can do what I want to do. I am going to miss some apps 
from my iPhone. I will admit that. Uh, one of them is Hipstamatic. But I have done a lot of work on Hipstamatic and I think maybe it's time for me to sort of like move on and start using something else. Uh, I think you can get into a rut with these apps, with these photography apps and use them a little bit too much. And I'm sort of going down a route where I'm just using the smartphone now as as a compact camera. Rather than trying to emulate anything, I'm just taking photographs with something that is easy to carry. And quite honestly, if you're going around somewhere like Edinburgh photographing with uh, a smartphone, no one bats an eyelid because, you know, they just see you as another tourist. Um, so it doesn't draw attention to you like, you know, using a di uh, digital SLR does. Um, but, you know, the video and all sorts of things that you can shoot with it. It's for social media and everything. It's It's just great. But we'll just have to see how the Android thing. But I think it's going to work out. So we'll get on to links. And um, it's three Magnum photographers. Um, we'll start off with the Guardian. Now, on this Guardian uh, page, this is one that I came across about the middle of the month, middle of July. I think I mentioned Robert Fusco before in a previous podcast. I don't know whether it was the last one or the one before, but I mentioned about his Robert Kennedy funeral train pictures. And it just turned out that um, I read this article where it said that Robert uh, Paul Fusco had died at the age of 90. And he covered stories ranging from police brutality in New York uh, long-term effects Chernobyl disaster people living with AIDS in California but I think it's probably his work from 1968 on the Bobby Kennedy funeral train that a lot of people will recognize his style and his images I've always been meaning to get this this work I mean I, I've I've mentioned this on several podcasts before but it's just some of the best photography uh, I think that you can see from any photographer. It's just something where the colour images just really speak to you about, you know, America and the situation at the time in the late 60s. But it also is quite a good mirror on what's occurring at the moment. Um, I mean, America in the late 60s was divided because of the Vietnam War, because of uh, civil rights uh, and the lack of civil rights. A lot of those arguments are still there now about America's role in the world and Americans in general. What is an American? Um, and I always like the fact that Paul Fusco's photos showed America sort of like coming together to, to honour this man who was being taken back to, um, you know, be buried. Uh, uh, you know, it's just, it's the images are just remarkable. I would certainly, you know, just take a look at the work, and uh, it's it's just beautiful images, just shot from a train. You wouldn't actually think it would work. And the thing that I like the the most about it is, is from what I can remember from an interview, he said, you know, that they weren't expecting to see those people 
by the side of the track they just thought it would just be a, a, an ordinary railway journey and then they started seeing these these people uh there just celebrating and well not celebrate well they are celebrating they're sort of like they're celebrating the, the, the respect for kennedy and just showing that they're you know just being there um but some of the images are just just remarkable. Like I say, one of my favourites is the family all in the line, all at attention. Just like the soldiers, just waiting for the train to go by. Beautiful image. Really beautiful image. So, the next one, the, the next two are from um, the Magnum website. And it's... If I can get up to the the top there now these are Paolo Pellegrin's images from Srebrenica during the Balkans war 25 years ago uh, it's the anniversary of the genocide there and again it's an, some really good quality strong black and white photojournalism images from you know, a terrible conflict that, uh, you know, lots of scars there still. And a really, really nice piece just talking about the images, discussing uh, about the the events. Just, just a great collection of images with some really good informative um journalism there as well just talking about the the photos i really love this about the the magnum site i mean i've said this countless times before but the way that magnum on their website are using their archives is absolutely fantastic they're able to like slot them in sometimes with new stories that are going on at the moment and other times it can just be you know something about a date but they really do put them together and it's a great way of sh showing this photography um and Pellegrin's uh, style of working is absolutely fantastic I, I just love his contrasty clear images that he produces he just yeah it it, it just beautiful black and white photojournalism that's what it is so i'd recommend having a look at that and then the final one I'm going to mention, I'm going to have to uh, go to the top of the page again. But this is Constantine Manos. And really, this is sort of like he's looking at his photography um, it's sort of like bringing it having a look at all of his photography sort of like an overview uh but it, he's a photographer i'm not actually that familiar with until i i came across this this post which is great you know a typical example of where you know it doesn't matter how much you think you know you're always going to find out something new about you know photography or find a new photographer that you love and this is definitely one of these uh finds i mean it starts off with a color image um taken in miami beach in 2003 but then it sort of like goes into some of his other work um you know he's 
He's got quite a interesting story. But I just like the way that he's he's gone around photographing America in this way, South Carolina especially. Um, I mean, some of the images from South Carolina uh, are both beautiful and disturbing. And both of them are actually together. I mean, he's got a, a beautiful one of some kids uh, playing in the backyard in South Carolina. And then um, underneath... There's a picture of a burning cross and a Ku Klux Klan member from South Carolina. And the thing is about the previous image with the kids playing in uh, the backyard is the kids are black. So you've got this one side and then you've got this definitely more ugly side with the Klan members gathering Um I mean, we tend to forget, and I think this is probably the reason why Constantine Manos took these pictures, is we tend to forget that these type of people exist. Um, often they can hide in the shadows, and you don't realise that they are there influencing people, that they are there putting across. It's a lot easier for them now, because you've got social media platforms where they can sort of spout a lot of what they believe on there um and in some cases you know in in recent years this has been quite controversial whether you know they should be allowed to use these platforms to to do that but i really do like how photographers can shine a spotlight and say yes these people do exist um this is what they look like you know, this isn't something that's made up. This is not just a story. It is something that actually exists. And this is what these, these people are up against. Um, but a great range of images by Constantine Manos on this. It's a great overview of his work. And if you like people photography, if you like, you know, portraiture, if you like um, documentary photography about people and environments and even uncomfortable stuff, even uncomfortable images about people who aren't people, people, um, then I would recommend that you have a look at that, that work. Now, I'm going to um, have a look and see if there's a few more links that I can gather and see whether I can put some more bonus links together. But that is basically it for the links and the podcast this month. I shall be back again next month with another podcast. Thanks very much for downloading this and listening. And I will be back again next month.